0: Hi there, my name's Jack, and I love horrible movies. Each week on the Horrible Movie Podcast, producer Phil, a guest, and I talk about a horrible movie. We talk about the actors, directors, the budget, the box office, and like thereof. You also get silly songs, fake commercials, and too much fun to list on this promo. Available everywhere you get your podcast. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Welcome back film fans to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I am one of your clowns for this podcast, Daniel Posey, and joining me to the left in full costume, Drew Douglas. Why am I dressed like a clown again, Joker? Uh, Well, yeah, we had to prepare not for one movie, not for two movies, but for three movies. Clowns are, once again, coming back in style. They're kind of like zombies. They like fade out and then they come back.
1: Wait, what's the third one? So we've
0: got It, It Chapter 2, oh, and then okay. Joker.
1: That's the same same thing.
0: Basically, yeah. Birds of Prey. Oh, yeah, that's good. Did you like the little teaser that we got to Birds of Prey right before It Chapter 2?
1: I had already seen it.
0: What do you think about it? Are you excited? Does that get you more pumped?
1: I'm, I'm excited that I saw some footage. I think it's weird that that's their marketing at the moment is a 20-second teaser.
0: <laughs> it's very weird because the song do you know what song that is or yes, who sings Yeah, that? yeah, yes okay because i it sounded very familiar but i wasn't sure who I or what band
1: this is a setup to a full trailer before joker which makes sense but
0: i was really expecting the trailer or the teaser that we got to be like the online teaser to the trailers you know that are out now it's like Coming tomorrow, we've got this full-on trailer. That's what it
1: feels like. It's, again, still my most anticipated comic book movie of anything, besides mm. maybe the Batman, but we haven't seen anything from that. Uh, I'm excited, and I can't wait.
0: For Birds of Prey. For B.O.P. Do you, are you more excited to see everyone else outside of Harley Quinn, or are you excited to return to Harley Quinn?
1: It's kind of basically everybody else.
0: So Huntress is returning, right?
1: Well, she's never been she wasn't on screen, no. Okay. And then Black Canary and Black Mask.
0: Wait, so who was the evil Suicide Squad member who they ended up hunting down in Suicide Squad?
1: That was Enchantress. Okay.
0: So that was uh, that so forgettable that I forgot the name of who, like, who they were battling.
1: And then we got a Doctor Sleep preview, which was not the final trailer.
0: Not the final one. Have uh, a, lot um, of,
1: a lot of great Stephen King stuff because uh, the new Stephen King comes out tomorrow. And you bought it? Why I bu- I'm not pre-ordering stuff. <laughs> That's stupid. No one does that. The
0: Institute.
1: Why? why, why? <laughs> I don't understand why It Chapter 2 is already up for pre-order. Just, there's no perks. If the perks were like it's $10 cheaper or something, then I would understand it. Otherwise, why? Why do why Why pre-order something that's coming out in four months?
0: Unless you ended up getting a personal visit by Pennywise.
1: Pre-ordering something digitally, I don't get. If it's something that I'm getting on Amazon that will ship and I get it that same day, I I can get that. I can get behind that. Yeah. I'm not going to get on iTunes and pre-order It Chapter (laughs) 2.
0: I love it. Well... Thank you for joining us on this podcast episode because we're going to segue right into It Chapter 2. Because on this episode of Quality Check Podcast, we're covering It Chapter 2 and we're returning to It. Here's how this episode will work. First, Chapter 2. Then questions over It and Chapter 2. Let's go ahead and dive right into the new movie, It Chapter 2. To the losers. We made an oath. I swear... If it isn't dead, if it ever comes back,
1: we'll come back to. Him. We didn't stop it.
0: Anyways. The
1: clown. <laughs> we can't let it happen again.
0: The plot of it, chapter two, I just simply put, childhood friends return to their hometown to fight the return of an otherworldly evil presence. Yeah. Sums it up. For the writers, we have Gary Dauberman returning as well as director Andy Muschietti. Now, even though we have the same childhood actors as the first film, we've got some big names attached to this, including Jessica Chastain, which, by the way, I listened to an interview with her before seeing this. And I have a budding crush on her.
1: I was going to save this, but I'm going to ask this right now. And I'm being completely serious. She's, She's just incredible to look at. Yeah. And it actually dawned on me in the movie, and I wondered if this was for you. Is she actually more attractive covered in blood? Oh. I was like watching it going, somehow she looks incredible, and she's doused in all this fake blood. Well, honestly, she has
0: what I feel like would make for a great modern-day scream queen. But we never really got that out of this, and I don't really want to tip my hand too much.
1: No, that's not what Bev is.
0: Yeah. And... Out uh, at the same discussion, though, I feel like Jessica would end up making for a really great character for other horror films honestly i I enjoy some Jessica Chastain. She's got a very interesting way of tackling acting, and that was I ended up listening to a just a web series based on that
1: who would you would you have been okay with Rebecca Ferguson
0: as Beverly? No, but one of our listeners brought up a good suggestion. Amy Adams.
1: Ah, I'm not huge on her. She's so bland.
0: You, except for her being in Man of Steel, right? Didn't no, you love her as Lois? Lane? She's
1: not good as Lois, oh. in my opinion. She's boring. You know, I, she's not Lois in those movies. It, I don't dislike her. I really like Sharp Objects, but I thought she was just kind of bland.
0: I need. I need to see Sharp
1: Objects. It's good. Well, I plowed through that one in like a day.
0: I'm gonna do that in a day. But we, in addition to Jessica Chastain, we've got Bill Hader which is probably your favorite here on deck. And we've also got James McAvoy. And not going to lie, McAvoy seemed to be going in and out of his character voices from Split here. Or Glass, rather. Because we last saw him in Glass.
1: Yeah, I was a little confused by his accent.
0: We ended up, ha- what, what was his, Hedwig or whatever, his the big macho guy in no, Glass? No,
1: Hedwig is the child. Oh, whatever that's right. The, whatever the scary like leader is. Oh, I mean, he had like bro. this weird Brooklyn tough guy accent <laughs> that would just seep in and out of chapter two. And I couldn't figure out what he was doing.
0: But I bet Stephen King loves love that because King's all about East Coast accents. But those are the, the main actors we've got. So the first movie, it was made for $35 million. We were reading right before hitting record on this podcast that it chapter two is made for double that 70. It was around $70 million opening weekend. It made 91 million. So that's 30 million less than it, the first film. And we've kind of had a little dilemma. This is a film that even though it classifies as a sequel, it feels like just part one, part two. It's like kill bill volume one and volume two. Let's dive into the rotten tomatoes game for it. Chapter two. Got to say, I really biffed it on this.
1: I don't know when we predicted it. (laughs) What I kept saying, like, they're not going to F this up.
0: And it's very divisive.
1: It is. They seem to have F'd it up with the critics and then the verified users on Rotten Tomatoes, not as much. It's very strange because right now I have
0: the scores in front of me. So you predicted that critics would give this a consensus of 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, I went with the flat 90.
1: Oh, okay. I went high. But I, even on the podcast, I said I think it could go even higher.
0: And that's what I decided to land with. And unfortunately, we're stuck with 64% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. But here's the thing, as you mentioned, audience, that score is much higher with 80%, flat 80. And that's the really crazy thing because I've read a lot of just forums and from King fans on whether it be these like Losers Club discussions and and online uh, threads that most of King's fans really like this movie.
1: I would like to preface this by saying I think this movie is going to be a lot better the second time around.
0: And if you're able to basically watch one and two back-to-back with no breaks.
1: I'll go as far as to say I think Chapter 2 will be my favorite.
0: Oh, okay. That's that's a nice little tease because we will definitely talk about that. What was your favorite thing about it, Chapter 2?
1: Mine is just being back in the King universe. I love yeah. seeing the characters. I like the idea that they've grown up and have to come back together. And I like seeing Pennywise again.
0: Pennywise – Is great. And Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård, who is returning to the clown shoes once again, you know, we didn't get a lot of him just basically being a clown, just in a normal clown setting, like him trying to lure kids in. But I loved it. Anytime he was on screen, I ate it up. But I have to go with you on that. We're back, baby. We're in the King universe. And...
1: It's a good place to be, I feel
0: like. Any time that we get to spend an extra minute with King and living in one of his stories. I love it.
1: Not to mention, he is in maybe the best scene of the movie. An extended cameo from King himself. And I initially saw him and and got excited and then was like, oh, this is probably going to be really awful. I love that scene. He was, yeah,
0: it's it's fantastic. Do you think that the scene was dragging on a little bit?
1: Maybe a little bit, but I... And I didn't have any problems with it. I could see why somebody might get annoyed by it though.
0: I love a lot of his current cameos are being more, I'm going to say grounded, but they seem more realistic than his cameos from in the past. Like if we go back to some of those in the 80s, whenever he was popping up and doing Creep Show and doing other performances like that, he was always like this goofball. They... It seemed like people, directors, were using him like that. And now it's just where he kind of exuberates this eeriness, this creepiness.
1: He is kind of a creepy-looking guy oh. in his old age. I love
0: it, though. And I was surprised that we didn't get as much of an audience reaction whenever he was on screen.
1: I saw So not only is King in this, but the filmmakers in this mm-hmm. as well. So. Andy M., doesn't say anything. And he looks like he's looking at tampons in the store. Oh. It's in one of the Eddie flashbacks. Um, or was it a flashback?
0: No, it was him Current and day? modern day, yeah. And modern when day daring. When he goes
1: to get his artifact, you can see Andy in the background. And that's exciting. I think maybe you and I were the only people in the audience that... Recognize that guy?
0: when Yeah, whenever because as soon as he popped up, he said, "Oh, there's Andy." And,
1: and I'm wondering too. I just I, today I, I l- looked up what his sister looks like, who is a producer on these on all of his movies. And I wonder if she's in this as well. That's
0: I kept looking for her, but I couldn't ever pinpoint her because she's,
1: I mean she's good to look at, so she's probably in this movie somewhere. Oh, well, Andy
0: is also very similar to King in the nature that I feel like he could have been used in a very eerie setting. But he was just like a mo- just an average guy going through the pharmacy.
1: You know how much he got paid to do that role? Probably twenty bucks. Two million dollars. Oh,
0: the worst thing about it, chapter two.
1: It is long. Too and long. It is. There's too much in it, and we had talked about this. So many things come to mind, but there are so many weird comedic beats that I don't that don't match the first movie at all. I don't think. And I just was confused by some of the – either the music choices or the comedy bits. Definitely, there's
0: one needle drop that stands out. And And
1: it, again, deals with Eddie, who I also think is a huge weakness in this movie. I guess one thing I don't like is we meet these adult characters, and they are basically who they were as kids. I understand why you're doing it, but who I was as an 11-year-old is not who I am now. Yeah. So why is Richie acting the same way he did as a kid it's yeah. almost as if they were imitating their child counterparts, and I just found that extremely grating.
0: Yeah, that's that's a pretty good point.
1: I mean, Eddie is an adult complaining about Greywater. Yeah. What are we doing? Why? Yeah. This is just, there's now, no evolution of these characters.
0: Now, here's an interesting thing. I have read a lot of people loved Eddie in this, and the actor who plays him He's is, good. Uh, yeah, so it's James Ranson.
1: Who was on, you might have seen him on The Wire and stuff. He was, He's a good actor. He was I found this... him frequently kind of grating in this. I think he gets better as the movie moves along. Uh, questions about Bill Hader because a lot of people really loved Bill Hader.
0: A lot of people are saying he was the standout performance.
1: I think he brings a lot of lev- levity to the movie, which is really needed. And he is one of the best parts, I think.
0: After so, after you saw this, you were feeling more in favor of Hader's performance because after it, you were. I remember you said that he came off a little too jokey at times.
1: I, I don't. We can't fault him for that. He's doing what sure. he does well. I think it's the weird comedy though, where something has to happen, and then we have some snart, um, snarky comment from Richie, and that is what becomes grating. It's because it's just expected. Something happens, yeah. and I know Richie's going to have to say something. I think Hader actually. Um, goes beyond his reach near the end of the movie. Well, I guess full spoilers ahead. But they do stuff with Richie's character that I did not expect and Hader has a lot of emotional beats with the death of Eddie.
0: Yeah, and, and that I really liked. I thought Hader did a fine job with that and you know, he is on record for saying that he had a hard time not smiling in those scenes because he said anytime he's been asked to be serious or emotional, he said it's hard for him to do that. So he would always smirk or do something on camera in this movie. And so he said that was probably the most challenging aspect of shooting this
1: film. He had talked about that when Pennywise was supposed to be scaring him, he would giggle. And I think that's kind of a natural reaction to be like, this is the silliest thing ever. Yeah. It's going to turn out differently when you watch it on screen. But the act of making it is just inherently stupid.
0: Yeah. And I know that also going back to Eddie, a lot of King fans said that uh, with him and Bill, those two performances – That was like a dynamite uh, powerhouse. Uh, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about the change in Richie's character because we do get some differences with two big differences and from the novel and even the miniseries to these film adaptations.
1: Do we want to talk about that now? That is one of the the bigger changes is making Richie gay. I think so, yeah. I think that's actually a really interesting um, twist on it because in the book, When Eddie dies, Richie is very, uh, it hits him really hard. And that's the same in this movie. And I was actually almost confused. They almost did it maybe too subtly as if he Mm. was gay or not. Because we get a flashback of Richie being called these homophobic slurs. And I I had taken it wondering if he was gay. And then they obviously kind of pay that off later in the movie with Richie as an adult. Um, did you like the change of that?
0: One hundred percent loved it.
1: I just think it's a good because they crack jokes on him being married, and yeah, and uh, of course he's not married. He can't he can't be married. He's too silly or whatever. But there is a reason why he is the way he is.
0: Well, It also adds even more depth to whenever we start with chapter two and the beginning of this homophobic attack that is carried out to Adrian. Is it? It is Adrian who is killed they basically beat him up and then pennywise chomps down on his body but rick richie and his character i found that to be very interesting because for two aspects one in friend circles anytime there is say there's a group like that and i can remember back to like middle school high school and anytime you would end up getting close with people in that group sometimes you're wondering like oh wow maybe i've got feelings for for her or something like that. So I could put myself in shoes of someone like that where I'm like, oh, wow, like I was hanging out with a group of friends and, oh, maybe, you know, I kind of like her. Does she like me? But I'm not really wanting to cross the lines in terms of like saying anything to really screw up the friend chemistry that's happening. So with that happening with, with Richie and Eddie, I thought that was really cool. To explore that, I've heard several who have read the book, say that there are those undertones pretty heavily.
1: Yeah, I think since his released way back when did this come out? Oh, Early wow. 80s? Whenever I it came say... out, people have been shipping these two characters mm-hmm. for years and years and years. So it's nothing new. They just actually took the next step and and made him gay. Did you so you like that change? Yeah, I think it works part? well. It adds a little weight to I'm interested I'm wondering if when they made the first one, if they knew this was going to be the payoff. Because mm. it'd be interesting to go back and watch it. Because I, I, from what I remember rewatching chapter one recently, I didn't get any of those vibes with Richie. I did not. granted, the character's young and maybe doesn't know how they feel about certain issues or certain um, feelings that they have, personal things. So maybe they did. I wonder if that was kind of a new thing when they were cracking on the, the um, chapter two script. That was an idea that came up.
0: I also love the fact that we have Richie, who's now a stand-up comedian, and not just like this goofball guy who's got his late night show or he's working on movies or something. He's just, he's a stand-up comic. And I think whenever he throws up, it's him reacting not only to going back and having to fight Darian, it's this all surging back like all of them have had but i think it also adds weight to the fact of maybe he's nervous to encounter eddie because he's had those feelings and he's just like remembering that or maybe he's always kind of felt that and there's a a bomb that's going off in his stomach with fighting pennywise and eddie
1: but when they get those phone calls they don't really remember each other
0: yeah, actually, that's a good point. And they're not supposed to until they're back in daring everything slowly starts to come back to them, which I love. I love that That's premise. a great idea. Let's get into questions.
1: <laughs> question one, perhaps the biggest question, should the story have been condensed into one movie?
0: Absolutely. I would love to see, kind of like what, I keep referencing this, but I keep saying, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, that's what's happening here. I would like to see, because Quentin Tarantino has apparently cut those two into one, called it The Whole Bloody Affair. I'd like to see that here. It, The Whole Bloody Affair.
1: It needs to be done. I think one of the biggest issues I have with this movie, and I was saving it for this, is some of the CG is shoddy. And the biggest offenders are the de-aging of these kids. Mm. It's, it took me so out of the movie because you can tell they altered their not only their face, but their voice. Yeah. And I'm thinking if WB is putting all this money into this, I'm just going to call it a franchise, even though it's not a franchise, but in, into getting this made, why not shoot all of this at once? And yeah. And eliminate the problem? Because chapter two, if the idea is the first movie is them as kids and the second one is them as adults, the second one is flashback heavy.
0: It's surprising why they didn't.
1: So it left me wondering... Just to either do this could have been one three-hour movie. Mm-hmm. I would also argue this would be a good six-part series on Hulu. Yeah, I mean you that's do what it they as the book where everything's flashbacks.
0: That's what they did with Eleven, Twenty Two, Sixty Three, and that worked really well. And the, I,
1: the de-aging, right? That's oh, distracting. Yeah. Uh, well, so for
0: me, it is. It was less distracting. Then I know for you and a few others, um, it's weird because there are sometimes, especially looking at young Richie, that's ben whenever
1: is oh he looks awful.
0: And there, there were times that I noticed it, and other times I really didn't. And it, for the most part, this is going to sound strange. It didn't take me out of the movie that much, but there were times that I did notice it, and it was more of just a what you said earlier. Just shot this back to back. I don't really understand i think everyone seeing this movie will end up forgiving that if they look a little different than chapter one it's like all right well so what he's a little older
1: i mean we all understand why there was we have a friend that had never seen chapter one but he saw chapter two over the weekend and i i was like did you notice anything strange about their faces and he didn't so he because he had no reference to what, what they were looking at
0: yeah, and he, I don't know,
1: it's just a weird move on WB's part.
0: Yeah. I would and I know Andy, the director was talking about or kind of teasing working on a chapter 3 and I really hope Oof. that doesn't happen.
1: Cuz way back when they did chapter 1, the idea was if this does well, we will do the second one. But I think you f- you have that mentality. You know kids age quick. Yeah. From a visual standpoint and then it's just I don't know. I don't I don't understand that why why is it so flashback heavy.
0: This is once again frustrating that there was no major discussion and I'm sure there has been but no major move to create a king verse like the MCU but all rooted in the Dark Tower where once again they're able to work on all of this and and have so many stories kind of wrapped up into the same timeline or the same uh, story and from that it obviously a lot of those aspects from the novel stems from the Dark Tower universe or the Kingverse so
1: that would be so hard because the properties are so vast
0: yeah and some would work really well like say you take it that will work a lot better than say Eyes of the Dragon or another really strange offbeat King story (laughs) Question number two. Chapter two is weird, but ultimately not that weird compared to the book. Do you wish that the movie would have embraced some of King's
1: wackier source material? Do I? Yes. You can never pull it off, though. And that sucks. I mean, we get some Easter eggs of the turtle. Oh, man. But there's no intertwining of tongues. There's no telling of jokes. There's no biting down on the tongues. The book is weird. For performing
0: the ritual of Chun. Yes. chewed.
1: Chewed. Um, you can't do that on on film. And you had said, I was like, how do you even come up with that? He was probably on cocaine when he wrote <laughs> a lot of this. Because it's it's like
0: beyond weird. And by the way, it I looked earlier and it was released in 86.
1: So this is probably maybe early cocaine or pre-cocaine?
0: I would say it's around because the maximum overdrive. King said he does not remember making that movie because he was so strung out on coke at the time.
1: I mean, when did Insomnia come out? came out? Because he, he has talked about that movie. Like, I don't remember writing that because I and was Cujo. so heavy, heavy into drugs.
0: Yeah, and, and I know Cujo was the exact same way, but let me see here. Ma- oh, yeah, I'm, actually Maximum Overdrive was an 86 film, so is at the exact same time. So, I mean, that would make sense. There are some things, so talking about the ritual, that's so similar, though, to what he did with the Dark Tower universe. There are a lot of things that he incorporated, like the turtle, and it all just stems from that. So, yeah, I would have loved to have seen that, but I just don't think any studio is going to take a risk on that, unless you guarantee a hit, which is weird, like... You guarantee a hit with it, and it's like, all right, give us all this money, WB, to go forward and make the Dark Tower universe and work it all in together.
1: I'll say the person I was just talking about that didn't see chapter one but saw chapter two was complaining t- to me today about the ending being weird. Oh, for chapter two? And I was like, man, you have no idea what you dodged because <laughs> the book is crazy.
0: Interesting.
1: So you can't go that weird.
0: But now, who you're talking about is a light moviegoer, right? You would you would say that he's a light moviegoer. I would
1: say he has questionable taste in, oh. in movies. <laughs> but either way, you're you're you want the masses to see this, and you're not going to make 91 million dollars if you're introducing a giant turtle that vomits up the earth. That's true. The galaxy. <laughs> Question three: Which adult member of the Losers Club is your MVP?
0: You know, actually, that's kind of tough.
1: I want to say Chastain, but. Yeah. I don't know if Beverly just seems... uh, She's kind of blah. Didn't you think she was blah or not really? She's just kind of unmemorable. Yeah,
0: and that was... I was really expecting to really like her in this,
1: but... I wish I would have liked Mike. But once again, Mike Mike is fine, the actor who I honestly can't remember at the moment. But I just think they, they don't do Mike justice in either of these... Versions.
0: Yeah, and that's upsetting because actually I he's, really liked Mike, but
1: I think we had talked about this before. He's my favorite character in the in the uh, book, and he's completely overlooked in the in the first movie, and in this one I don't think they do any justice with him. So I would have to say it's between McAvoy and Hader.
0: Yeah, um, can Bill Skarsgård count? <laughs>
1: no, he can't. <laughs> I would say actually probably McAvoy. I just like McAvoy as an actor. Yeah, I mean... Even dodgy uh, accent aside, I think he does really well.
0: Yeah, you know, I may I may have to go with Hater on this. And I, I by no means... I'm thinking about this because I've really wrestled with the idea of is he the best performer? I don't think Hater is really the best performer. But of the best adult member...
1: I mean, nobody really blew I, me away.
0: And that's it. I was surprised by that. I thought for sure there would be at least one standout.
1: Um, the, I guy, thought, the guy who played Ben blew me away. Because when he lifts up his oh, shirt for like a minute and a half, he's got nice, nice abs. Man, those that, that was pretty cool.
0: That lasted a full 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, he real. they really <laughs> had to keep that scene going for a solid minute and a half.
0: Now, I, I would say that a lot of the adult, adult actors were... They're, they were good, but like you said, nothing was like dynamite, I feel. Question four. <laughs> is it an issue that you don't really need to see chapter one to understand chapter
1: two? Yeah, it goes back to why isn't this not just one movie?
0: Yeah. the So I realize, as you mentioned this earlier about the flashbacks, they could have... I I like seeing the flashbacks, but there were some moments where if you were to cut that down and condense it into one movie you would really be able to serve this story justice a lot more, Um, even though I I did like Chapter 2 quite a bit. Um, It was kind of at fault for not doing so and combining it into one movie.
1: (laughs) Were you okay with the amount Pennywise was included in Chapter 2? You know, I would say, yeah, I was good with it, but I needed Mm.
0: more. This time they really changed How Pennywise looked like the different I guess he embodied, you know, Paul Bunyan and other figures like that where he took on the naked grandma and stuff,
1: which was actually pretty spooky.
0: That was that was freaky. Uh, You know, I would say, yeah, I would say I was okay with Pennywise in the amount that he was in this. (laughs) Next question. While it's fun but ultimately pointless, which artifact search is your favorite?
1: Hmm. I, I like the Richie going back to the, uh, I don't know.
0: That flashback was probably my favorite flashback.
1: I, I, I am thinking about Bill, though, kind of reliving the sewer incident. But then he goes all postal on that kid and like, shakes <laughs> oh, yeah. him and. I don't know. The, the the Beverly scene back in the house is pretty well staged.
0: That's good.
1: And that one actually startled me a little bit when she, when she just starts stomping down the across the room.
0: That's well, especially the way that the creature looked.
1: So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Beverly one.
0: Bev, hmm. I may have to go with the bunion. Just because I think in my mind that's going to stick out quite a bit. <laughs>
1: Chapter two spends so much time cracking jokes about how Bill boinks the end to all of his books. Were you satisfied with the movie's ending? Uh, yeah, I would say
0: yes, overall. But the idea that they basically just bully Pennywise into this small little creature, and then they rip out his heart.
1: I can't tell if that's silly
0: or not. And that's where I'm wondering, will time so make- so sad. Well, he looks like a little Benjamin Button. That he just... was
1: very Benji. <laughs> He's very Benji being Oh, man. I don't know. that. I think it's a good idea maybe on paper, but watching it. So this is how they defeat him. Yeah. They bully him and then rip his heart out.
0: I, all right. So I understand the idea that they're going with and turning their fears into Pennywise. Like they're reversing that and they're shoving it back into his face about what does Pennywise fear? I get that. But if he's the as he's calling, the eater of worlds, then... He needs to man up. Wouldn't he be a lot more daunting? Like, there's got to be...
1: Well, he should have killed these people when they were kids, but he, for some reason, never, like, other than plot, Yeah, he never actually takes the final step to doing what he needs to do.
0: And, I, and for that, I see that he was just tormenting them, just toying around with them and realized that maybe they were stronger. But if they were just something a little bit stronger... I would have been good with that. Uh, But the ending that we received was fine. I I was okay with, with what we got overall. I will say, though, with your question about Bill ruining the end of his books, I thought that line was funny. And even King references... Are you going to finally write a good ending? Because so many people complain about King and and his endings. And that was a funny nod to jokes about King. And he said it himself. I thought that was good. Did they do it too much, though? Yes, I think...
1: They probably say that four or five times.
0: Yeah, I think once in the very beginning is fine. Like when they're on the set with Bill and they're like, Bill, you always ruin the end. And he said, like, What? You probably
1: a-? squeak away with three. You do it when they're eating, when they finally get back together and they're, okay. they're eating. And then you do King as the third one. And that, that I'm good with. I'm going to say the book has one of my favorite epilogues ever in a King book. And it's when the, the group is gradually starting to forget everything. Mm. Mike is writing in his diary. In this movie, they don't start forgetting everything, and I think that sucks.
0: Because in the book, doesn't Mike say that he's even forgetting things such as Eddie's last name? He,
1: yeah. I just love the idea that they go through so much and then they move further from Derry and it just starts slipping their minds.
0: I, yeah, I mean, that premise is just it's brilliant. I just love that.
1: And we don't get that. We get a happy ending. It almost yeah. was a weirdly happy ending where... I expected some twist or we would see some remnants of it still lurking and we didn't get it. It just rolls to credits.
0: It would have been cool if we see Mike on that Florida beach that he was talking about and he's writing this story or this in his diary. And he's once again this voiceover of him not remembering certain things. And then we basically transition right into Stephen King's story, Duma King.
1: It's. I mean, I'm happy for, like, Ben and Bev. They're going to be smashing oh. and stuff. Is that what happens at the end of the, in the book
0: as well? Because I, for the miniseries, can't remember if Ben and Bev, they got together.
1: I believe they, I You know, I don't remember.
0: <laughs> for the next part, I've got one, and, and I already think I revealed it too much. What's your YouTube moment for Chapter 2?
1: Mine would be when it's the bleacher scene with Pennywise.
0: Oh, that's good. At the ball game. And do you have one for Chapter 1?
1: It, might, it actually might be when they're looking at the, the pictures and it starts going faster and faster and then he's just huge all of a sudden. Oh, <coughs> I like the garage scene. Excuse
0: that, me. That, the garage scene is my YouTube for chapter one. Chapter two has to be Paul Bunyan. Really? Yeah, just because of how... Now, we were talking about this earlier. I like the King cameo. That's probably my favorite scene, but the best freaky moment from chapter two has to be Bunyan.
1: I think Bleachers is good, and I also think The Mirror Maze is pretty good.
0: But, man, The the Bleachers, yeah, once again, that's also good. uh,
1: I just like that he kills a kid.
0: I I love that he stops. He's like, three, two, and she's like, you forgot to say one, and he just chomps down.
1: He just wanted to make sure she could count a little bit. Oh, right
0: before literally Um, eating her face.
1: (laughs) So what's your final
0: grade for the movie?
1: For Chapter 2? Chapter 2. I'm thinking... This is going to change when I watch it again, but I think at the moment, C+. Now, but do you think that... One other thing we haven't talked about is we talk about the bloat of this movie and some of the stuff that's unnecessary. Henry Bowers, why is that a big part Uh of this movie?
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I think, so my major complaint, I think, from Chapter 2 is likely this structural, structural problem. Because if Bowers, and I brought this up to you, Uh, earlier today, if he's used to help resurrect this evil of Pennywise, and say maybe for chapter 2 we start with Bowers and he gets loose, and maybe there are remnants from Pennywise and this presence that's pulling Bowers back to, he's already insane, but like pulling him more and more into this side of just pure evil. And then Bowers goes out and starts committing some murders. Maybe he dies. And then Pennywise then starts to slowly... He's gradually coming back. Maybe this homophobic attack also, once again, gives rise to Pennywise. And then his full return is him with the girl under the bleachers. So, therefore, we end up having this nice draw of Pennywise bringing him back into the fold. And then Mike's then, at that point, like really freaking out because all these things... And it's a domino effect. I think, in my mind, that's to me what makes sense, but you brought up a good point that, well, what happens with the Bowers being flushed out of the sewers? And he survives going down into Pennywise's lair.
1: But we solved that problem. Chapter one, mid-credits scene. Love it. Flat, he just comes flushed out. I think the problem with starting with that is we're not meeting our main characters in chapter two until probably 15 or 20 minutes into it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, but then again, maybe that helps in cutting it down a little bit.
1: If this was one movie, this would not be an issue. Very true. I would imagine if this is one movie, there's going to be a lot of rearranging.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's where I think I
1: think you I think if you combine this in one movie, you start with the Adrian attack, right?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I think so. But I also like your miniseries idea, bringing that into like Hulu. Because I think there that would, one, you get the budget. You'd be able to be graphic. You don't have to work in the restrictions of whenever the first miniseries was brought to primetime ABC.
1: And they're already doing Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. So they have a relationship with King. It doesn't matter. These movies are fine. It's just I wish we could, I wish WB could have done things a little different.
0: So you went with C-plus for Chapter 2. I'm going with a flat B.
1: I think I, I'm i looking forward to watching this again.
0: I, you know, I actually had a lot of fun with this.
1: Scale of one to five, five being the scariest. Where does this movie sit? Chapter two.
0: All right. I'd say two. It's Yeah, not, it's very low. And that's the thing that I think maybe both of these movies suffer from. Chapter one and two, they weren't really all that scary. But I do think, and from what I've read, this is going to be a unpopular opinion i think chapter two is a little scarier
1: i mean i don't think chapter one's scary at all
0: yeah i i didn't find anything i mean there were elements that were creepy and eerie and i loved building up to it but i mean that garage scene was probably the craziest but it wasn't scary
1: i mean i might go as far to say that the bleachers scene in in chapter two is the best scene of either movie yeah
0: i mean that's good
1: it's just shot so well and i think that's that one's creepy, the way he lures her in. Yeah. And it's a different way than what he does or what it does with Georgie.
0: Then the Georgie – but then again, the Georgie scene is also – I mean, that's just an iconic scene.
1: Maybe it's because we've seen that before. Possibly. I've read that before that this, this other thing is a little different.
0: And Because that's not in the original miniseries or the book. That's a an original scene just for these films. Yeah, I – but then again, Georgie, yeah, that's, that's good. So I, that's going to always be this, I think, YouTube moment for both films, Georgie. Poor little Georgie.
1: Yeah, he deserved it. Oh! Stranger danger, my friend. <laughs> Some people have to learn the hard way, and Georgie's one of them.
0: You lost an arm and a sailboat. Did you
1: like the idea? And I kind of felt like I got this feeling with the first one that Bill, we meet him as an adult, and he has all this, like regret over how he handled it the mm. day that George died because he just didn't want to go outside and play. And he feel he still feels responsible for George's death. Did you like that?
0: Um, I thought it was a little unnecessary to be honest. A it was heavy handed. Yeah. Because I just thought like, okay, sick. What's the big deal? Like anyone would still feel regret about like if they were in Bill's shoes And that happened to a smaller, younger sibling. They would, they would, I mean, I would think that you would feel that.
1: Maybe if there was a line where he was like, You had promised me you were going out with me.
0: Yeah. Which I, I don't think they do. I think the only reason why they worked that in is so they could try to fit in a new catchphrase with the, You lied and I died. That's a good one, though. It's good. But if they should have left some crumbs in the first film to kind of set that up.
1: <laughs> do we have any more cues? We do have a cue. It's not related to anything other than Andy, Andy M, and he is been tapped to be I think he's like the nineteenth director attached to um DC <laughs> Comics the Flash movie. So does having him involved get you more excited for the Flash, or does it even matter? Or do you even think it's gonna happen? <sighs> I'm going to say this is, the one, this is actually going to happen because WB and Andy, they know each other well. I think this is actually the filmmaker that will take the reins. I'm excited. I think he's the best one they've had so far. I agree
0: that he will help WB just launch it and finally get the movie made. And poor Ezra. I just feel bad for Ezra Miller oh, playing The hate, Flash.
1: People hate him.
0: But I feel bad because he's like working his butt off to try to get this movie off the he ground. He wrote
1: his own freaking screenplay. Well, I, I mean, got to give it. A- Hearing him talk about, I think we've talked about this a million times. Mm-hmm. Hearing him talk about the Flash character, he knows what he's talking about. And he's very passionate about it. He's just got to be given the right material. And I don't think that was coming from little Zach Sass. <sighs> little Zach Sass. Or Snyder, Ben Affleck. Don't drag him into this. <laughs> <laughs> don't drag him into this. Uh, You know, I think that... You know I love Ben Affleck. It's... Do you know I love Ben Affleck?
0: If only Ben Affleck would direct The Flash. But he's done with comic book movies now.
1: He's not suitable for The Flash.
0: I wouldn't say that I'm more excited for The Flash with Andy being attached, but I'm still excited to see The Flash. I'm ready for it.
1: Would you rather see him do The Flash or It Chapter 3?
0: Definitely not Chapter 3. If Chapter 3 happens, then I'm going to complain to WB by sending them 30,000 gallons of fake blood.
1: So, It Chapter 3 would open with about $60 million at the box office.
0: Yeah, that seems about right. We're
1: just going to go down $30 million every time.
0: So, what do you think overall with Chapter 2? Do you think that it will top 225?
1: Is that 90 now?
0: Yeah, 91. Hmm.
1: That runtime's really killing the box office. I have a feeling. The runtime, but There's what's no weird. movies coming out?
0: Well, that's it. Like we're in a drought. We've got Hustlers with J Lo coming out. Can't wait. You're pumped for it. That movie's getting crazy good reviews. I mean, there aren't a lot rev- of reviews that are in right now, but it's high. I'll say this
1: makes. Yeah, I would say about 215, 220 is where it's going to settle.
0: I need it to make about two twenty five to beat you with the summer movie fantasy draft.
1: Yeah, you're gonna win. I've already, I've already basically conceded. Well, right now,
0: I am about hundred and ten behind you for that. Let me, let me pull that up. Make sure. Because it's hundred and seventeen. Yeah, it's gonna
1: make one seventeen. you should have that by the time John Rambo comes out.
0: <laughs> Speaking of. And if it comes looking for me,
1: they will welcome death.
0: That's going to be one of our next podcasts. And in addition to that, let's also guess the Rotten Tomatoes for that. What are you predicting critics will give Rambo last blood?
1: My heart says 100%. My head, a little different. I'm going to say 63%.
0: I don't know what any of the Rambos have received on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Well, you can't really do the first three because that was way, way before this ever started. I think I'm saying sixty-three, but something in my head keeps saying thirty-seven. Oh wow! I
0: all right. I'm pulling it up now. Let's go. I'm guessing fifty-five. Okay. So Rambo, I'm I'm writing this down.
1: But he has had success recently with bringing back his characters. You see, with both Creed and Creed Two, and uh. What was the fourth one? Is that John Rambo? Is yep, or it just called?
0: Rambo. So it's like rocking.
1: Okay, Rambo. That one did pretty well, I thought.
0: You know what it got from critics? Sixty-three? Thirty-eight percent. Seriously? Thirty-eight <laughs> percent. Now, users though got it gave it sixty-nine. Well, and, how many though? Now let me see. That's last blood. I'm I'm really this will not be the last blood. There's no way. He's didn't he say he's got like ideas for
1: He's also like 73. I don't know my, how much longer he can go.
0: This comes from four hundred, almost 410,000
1: But that was before they got verified. Anybody could have done that. Yeah, it's true. I'm not falling for that. Well, I'm, I'm actually surprised Rambo was slammed so hard. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's, I that's my least favorite one, not to spoil anything. But yeah, I'm locking in 63. You're saying 55.
0: 55. And what was, so Rambo 3,
1: 41%. Well, that's
0: silly. Yeah, we.
1: <laughs> I don't, don't even say any of those because it's stupid.
0: Uh, yeah, I, will, I won't go back. It's stupid. We also have, in addition to Rambo, we've got The Fanatic.
1: I watched it last night and I was not disappointed. Ooh. I think this might be 2019's first masterpiece. So, you
0: feel like it, Chapter Two, could be the biggest disappointment of the fall? Oh, yeah, fall?
1: we didn't talk about that. We did. This didn't. could be one of the, yeah, I think Chapter Two might be one of the biggest disappointments of the fall for me.
0: Do you think The Fanatic could be your favorite film of the fall?
1: I can tell you there's no way that happens. <laughs> Though it is mighty fun with what it is.
0: I can't wait. I'm going to watch You're it, tonight. it tonight. watching it tonight. I mean, we already watched like a, a small scene together, and we—it's incredible. It's little John Travolta riding down, looks like Hollywood or sun, the Sunset uh, yeah. Boulevard on a little moped.
1: On a, on a moped, he's got all these ticks. It's borderline offensive, if not offensive. His and name's Moose. I don't, I don't know how they got him to do this. That's what you watch this movie, just watching what he does. And his performance, and you're going to go, how did they rope John Travolta into this movie?
0: You know how? Fred Dirtz, he just said, hey, Limp Bizkit is coming back, but I first need this movie to be a success.
1: What's incredible is the cinematographer is Conrad Hall, who is Conrad Hall's son. And Conrad Hall, if you know him, is a big, he works on Fincher movies. There's a Fincher connection to this. (laughs) So I'm wondering, what does David Fincher think about... The fanatic. And I'm assuming he probably thinks it's a piece of art.
0: I really hope so. I I hope this spot, bo- and I don't know how this ends, but I hope this spawns a sequel.
1: It's 128 minutes with credits, it's about 120. And it's maybe the the greatest 80 minutes of my life.
0: I hope that the the sequel to this will just be called The Fanatics. And it's exploring
1: <laughs> my lips are sealed, baby.
0: <laughs> it's exploring JT and what got him here. So maybe it's a prequel.
1: I can't wait for you to watch. I'm like actually (laughs) excited.
0: I have to say I may be more pumped to see the Fanatic over Rambo, Last Blood.
1: Well, let's not let's not take it that far. (laughs) So we have the Fanatic. We have Rambo. We'll update summer movie rankings because those will Mm -hmm. that should wrap up in the next week or two.
0: And then we've got the final, the conclusion to the summer movie fantasy draft. And I think we can end up starting then the free for all fall.
1: Well we start that when the one of the where whenever the first movie is. I don't even what Joker. Joker. I guess Joker leads it off. So you're Joker starting picks it. it off, yeah. And that's I mean, that's winning awards. It's up it's probably gonna win a golden globe or something at some point.
0: One like best film of Venice, which yeah. is nuts. The 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 rave that it's People getting it. is is insane. But well. You'll just have to tune back into Quality Check to see what we thought about it. Thanks for joining us on this episode. That's going to do it this time. Don't forget that you can rate us and subscribe so that every new episode of Quality Check drops into your podcast player. You can also follow us on Twitter at Quality Check Pod, Instagram, Quality Check Podcast, or shoot us your emails about John Travolta to Podcast at gmail.com.
1: It's a masterpiece!
0: Quality Check is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA.